well welcome everyone to this next edition of the Sharp social hub of positivity and today with us we have a very positive positivity type person ish thing human being soul vibration energy chocolate cake I mentioned the chocolate cake Toshi Parsons how are you very well Excellent. Better for seeing you all. You're very kind. Hmm. And that's the end of that. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> that was simple. Well, so I tell you what, while I'm drinking this green tea, everyone, and that's another episode, can you introduce yourself to these wonderful people who don't know who you are or what you are about? Because we've met recently at our shop, The Social Hub of Positivity in Every Gate. You were doing a workshop on behalf of Wiltshire Council, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I decided In again yeah. that I would put my name forward. Well, uh, uh, one of my clients um, put my name forward and I was like, yeah, of course, adult learning disability. Yeah. Of course, I'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, again, and I'll try and do whatever I can for it. So, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and so that's the connection with you lovely guys through a conversation afterwards. Yeah, that's what I like about that, that shop, mm. that social hub. It brings together lots of people, including the councils, the positive members of the local councils and councillors who um, who get involved and know it as a... I'm just going to talk and drink at the same time. That's fine. But I'm not going to eat. I've done that before. Doesn't work. Oh, it's a bit rude, apparently. Okay. I set the stuff in my face. I did, we did a review on some sandwiches once. It was a cream tea, was not something down in... Oh, no, you went there. You didn't film it. It was the Maya. Me and Donna did a cream tea in Purbeck. Sorry, just going on a, on a thing. I'm not going to eat yeah. those things, but thank you for bringing them in. You're very no, kind. No, that's OK. I always find a normal conversation is over food and drink. And yeah. uh, to me, the best conversations I ever had with my kids was around the table or, yeah. you know, it's that, or friends, it's that we're too busy so um, let's eat and drink and chat at the it's same a good, time. Yeah, I agree. I think there's something to be done, said about it and mm. I think when I was a musician back in the day we were on tour in France, I used to like the idea of how the French approached their food, I mean from the side, no I mean as in they had a, you know some meals lasted five hours, it was just right. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't because they had slow service. I mean, even in their own homes and what have you. Um, yeah, a culture that does that actually is really mm. quite important, isn't it? It's yeah. very, it's 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 not a ritual as such, but it's getting and, there. Well, again, it's it's a sacred thing, a I meeting so. of people, yeah. and yeah. in that meeting is the exchange of food and information. And to me, yeah, I'm with it 100. percent I used to in schools. Um, so my background is yoga um, so uh, for me it's like how can children digest their food better and I've seen since my time in schools that lunch breaks have got smaller and smaller and everything becomes faster and faster and actually there isn't that time for that social meet and yeah. I remember saying time and time again even in primary schools put some music on in the background you know yeah. allow that pace that rhythm to be set for their digestive system yes. and that's what a really nice meeting of people is yeah. is that you come into balance with each yeah. other I think I, I, yeah, I understand totally I think that that's one of the shames and there's many 
about modern education and it isn't the teachers trust me it's not the head teachers it's not the staff or the parents or the children it's the system that they're expected to well they just about survive I don't think there's much thriving going on I, I think there's a lot of mental health issues with the young people because of the nature of how they are it's evolved and people we yeah, sort I, of do you think if, if I always think evolution means it gets better I agree I and I totally don't think it has evolved I think it's thank you for that because that's yeah that's sort of taking me down a different avenue because I always like to think of a spiral and that concept that we should be evolving but we get stuck on circles within the spiral if that makes sense and the, the education system yeah. being a good example yeah. that it's sort of stuck on that loop well it, it's not I can you know I know a fair few teachers and we work with loads of schools and if it was left to the teachers and the head teachers their interactions would be completely different, mm. the timings, all sorts, mm. all nature of stuff. So mm. I think um, sometimes people and parents get feel pressured when uh, teachers feel the need to strike. That teaching, and now we're on the subject, isn't one of those, um, isn't as exalted and isn't as paid. Everything's wrong. I mean, we've got people doing nothing, getting too much money, Prince Andrew. And we've got people like you know, all sorts of, you know, we've got an unelected MP who comes from a very wealthy background and it's all sort of, oh mate, you're so out of touch, it's unbelievable. We've got an appalling Labour Party now, Keir Starmer should be ashamed of himself, but not just him, all across the board. But the, the fact that, that nurses, doctors, blah, 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 NHS, post office and teachers, etc., etc., feel the need to strike is abhorrent really. You know, I don't know how we got it to this subject, no, it's a really, but we're really here. Nice. I'm liking that we're it's here. evolved because my passion is children. Yeah. My my passion is that they are the most important. I don't want to use the possession, but that they are the most important connection that we have. And and I feel that I have to get it right. What I've learnt to my age to now and experience, yeah. I don't want that cycle to repeat itself. And there has to come a point where there's amazing teachers. I've worked with some absolutely incredible heads. They're out there, but a lot of them get very exhausted and have to move on. And that, you know, that's a yeah. shame. But again, I, I totally like that we, the, we've sort of come to this particular point because it is my passion of like that midpoint of um, how do we recognise what we have and how do we... I don't want to use even the word enlighten, it seems too old and too dated. How do we align people with the truth? You know, with, you know, coming back to the essence of who they are, rather than, you know, the finger pointing, um, needing to strike, which it's good because people are expressing how they feel, but how much change does it actually make? Well, yeah, but, it's, but strike is one thing. That they are so exploited and, 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 and damaged by the system that they have to try and make work, which is... Um, see, I have this sort of ideal, I guess, that about, about, about politicians, about politics. It, but, I, mean, I definitely think we should have citizens' assemblies, and if you don't know what a citizens' assembly is, people uh, look it up, because that's what we need. I, I, since the pandemic, I've realised 
having exposed some appalling behaviour with local councillors in Chippenham. So again, I would strongly advise everyone to to screw down and really observe who's doing what in their locality, who's pretending to represent people, who is falsely, um, disingenuously coming together, coalescing to, I don't know, get more houses built where houses don't need to be built, destroy the climate, etc., etc. Capitalist system is, 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 is an abhorrent thing. It doesn't work. It never has. All sorts of systems that don't work. Um, but unfortunately, the people that are up against it are usually in vocations, and that's how they get exploited, like the nursing profession, like doctors, like teachers. Um, it's like, right, mm. maybe you should explain a little bit more about who you are and what you do, because we've just jumped in here. I know, and I'm fully aware of that, but it actually feels really relevant. Oh, no, no, that's great. I yeah, just, yeah. I think I scare the bejesus out of A, <laughs> The, the people I'm talking to and B, the audience are going, now... Who is this person yeah, that he's talking to? Who is he talking to, to now? I get it. It's like, yeah, Somebody, yeah, she's nice, but what's going on? What is going on with this conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. So my background um, from childhood is um, a belief in pure love. Yeah. So I absolutely believe that the essence of who we are is pure love. And my personal journey has been incredibly bumpy. Um, and basically, I've done a bit of neuroscience, a bit of epigenetics, a bit of quantum physics, because what happened to me, I ha almost was seeing this reality in front of me that, that wasn't right. Mm. You know, I felt like the alien that had landed as mm. a child. I really genuinely thought, what is going, why are people treating each other this way? Why are people, treating animals this way but if they treat each other this way it's no surprise they treat the animals this way and then it's no surprise that the land and nature is nowhere in recognition so my journey has been um, very passive so when you're born into a world which looks feels and um, you're incredibly sensitive you don't want to stand out because you realise by speaking up that you're going to be different and you're desperately trying to fit in to this world or understand. Um, so for me, a lot of my younger years was trying to fit into a system um, because I wanted to belong to something because I felt so different from everybody else. So I went the normal route of um, being dyslexic at school, which I didn't realise, loved learning, just couldn't recall anything. Um, and was lucky enough to get a, an office job uh, for um, Wessex Water, which I adored. I, it was yeah, like which my... Which is enough, we're doing a project with Wessex Water, bless them. Yeah. With, over the summer with young people. Yeah, uh, I... And the community, actually, not just young people, but the whole community. You see in a shop, we've, there's already art. I did walk down, did and the artwork, I did, I had a walk yeah, down, because you mentioned Have a look at that, actually, anyone, yeah. It's really yeah. nice, and I don't know who the artist was that did the pictures as well. I, the water cycle was really, really good. I thought that was there's, really nice. Well, there's, I mean, there's workshops, that's the whole beauty about the shop. Yeah, yeah. About that lovely space in Emory Gate, <laughs> is that 
Well, people. the water pictures were brilliant. I yeah, loved the ones yeah. that were in the window. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the participants. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely so brilliant. That, so the whole relationship with water, the, the widest concept, as you say, the water cycle and people's interaction with it, we're doing um, questionnaires and stuff so that people, so in partnership with Wessex Water, I have to say mm. it to them, and it's like a great thing that they're doing. Um, do I think that all utilities should be in the people, as in the country's ownership? Yes, I do. Mm. You can't possibly make money out of a, a resource like water, can you, in a moral world? That's absurd. You would, what, where are people going to get the water? I oh, know, you're all right, I won't get it from the, from the sewers or from the, yeah, I won't use the sewers that all our public money spent, paid for. I won't, I won't do that, or all the infrastructure that was paid for by the taxpayer. No, I, I won't use that. I'll use direct from heaven. No, it's absurd and appalling that, 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 that any privatisation. Yeah, that, I went through privatisation with Bless you, that. bless yeah. you. What was your thought about it? Um, and no disrespect to people who work in these utilities. They're the same people that were working with the same sort of people that were working there when they weren't privatised. Yeah, They're the same yeah. people. So, oh yeah, privatisation is a good idea. For who? Absolutely. Just for people who've got disposable income that can buy the shares. Right, hedge mm. funds. Right. It's a con, absolute con. Well, for me now, that's what lockdown, I mean, as a naive young person trying to fit in, and I absolutely adored working for Wessex Water, I have to say, they gave me loads of opportunities. No, you did say they're a great yeah. company, and this is what I'm saying. Lovely people yeah. working in a really good industry, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be done done for money. It should be done because it's a necessity. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? But like, that's... Different rates of water. Oh, yeah, you're not paying that much. We're going to make your water slightly more poisoned. What yeah. the hell? It's ridiculous. Well, I, you know, I see it very differently now, you know, yeah. in the, the irony of, um, you know, a lot of my research when I started working with children, because yeah. that's what happened. You know, I had my own children and then went into the education system with them, realising they were highly sensitive children and realising that I was struggling putting them into the system. That's when everything started to change for me. So that's when I started looking at all the different healing modalities. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to understand and fathom out what was going on, as well as what always kept me sane was the physicality of the body, always coming back to some sort of physical movement. Um, and, you know, the power of water was one of the first things that I started to yeah, research. Yeah, it's really vital, isn't it? Well, there's a Japanese scientist unfortunately he's passed away now but his work continues on Matsui Emoto and uh, he basically would freeze water put it under a microscope and you would get all the different crystals yeah. and then he related that to what was being said how dirty the water was so um, my straight away my brain is really good at dot to dot I might have been dyslexic but I was really good at joining dots together and so straight away I come back to the human biology of which they say we're 70 plus percent water water yeah which um, you know as you go on you learn that if we are that then our belief systems are impounded impounding on our body depending on the water that we drink and the thought process of who we are so for me that that connection I don't know if that makes sense 100% that's why I have a water filter do you have a water filter? No. While we're on this subject, isn't it interesting? You do not... No, because I believe we're more than the water filter. No, no, fine. But what I'm saying is you, you do appreciate, though, that there are all sorts of stuff in the water. It's absolutely... 100%. I yeah. know what's in there, but yeah. I believe we are <laughs> pure love. 
Yeah. So if you work, you can work from toxins, yeah. no toxins. There's duality, there's polarities, yeah. there's opposites, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. And I neither accept it or reject it. I know it's happening, but yeah. the more we get pulled into one, that's how we hardwire in our belief systems. So I've really learned to sit, and it takes practice because you're taking control of your emotional side not to fire up and sometimes you can't help it if something fires you up then you know through lockdown i shouted at the radio more than i have ever shouted because i didn't believe what i was hearing where you might have picked up a lot of you know um, trust funds hedge funds whatever you want to call them the money side i did all my learning on the money side in lockdown so, and that's what made me respond and coming back to neither accepting it or rejecting I learned that I had to find a middle ground because either way I would become too um, too voiced and um, so that's where I come back to this point this midpoint which to me is pure love and I don't want to hardwire my brain in the wrong way Best, possibly better explain in your own terms, what pure love is, because okay. you obviously, I'm sure, aware obviously that people sometimes we I do a lot of uh, workshops or have done previously in many different settings, many different settings, and uh, and dare to talk about the as aspect of love no. within humanity and it, mm. and its value and whatever, mm. but then spend a bit of time defining it because people sometimes think it's romantic love or sometimes think it's sexual love and it's yeah. like political it could be well yeah. well yeah well here's the thing so could you that explain was just popped out from nowhere because normally yeah. i'd say religious love or biological love can you or, explain yeah. what you mean by it so by pure love i mean the essence of what we all are is yeah. what we all have in common along with silence and stillness which is the teaching point that i always come from to be totally okay to be in your own body with whatever else is happening and going on. So pure love for me, and I've had to really work with it too as well, because it can be just a chemical attraction to somebody, you know, that biological yeah. side. It can be just that physical, it can be an addiction, you know, and to me, pure love is not that. It, it's Pure love is in alignment with nature. So pure love is nature. Nature is pure yeah. love. Nature is the universe. Pure love is the universe, the cosmos. So are you, sorry, just because I'm, I'm, you know, using the word love to describe the word love is is going to, I know there's a few people I know who watch this. Great. Going, Wait a minute. Bring mom. Wait a minute. He's saying to her, he's saying to her. Geordie's back. He's saying to her, explain what you mean by pure love. And mm. she's using the word love to describe it. It's just Dean Mahead and Lake. Yeah. Does she, does she mean positive energy no you don't need positive energy you don't mean it's not like dylan thomas is it the the force that through the long grass drives the you know do you know that poem no no that's i thought that's the essence of what you're talking about it's well, the a nice poem for me to look up yeah, yeah 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 the force the force that through the it might well be there's lots of people that talk about it and the thing is sometimes we're sad sometimes we're happy but underneath that is always that pure love and pure love isn't passive and I was always as I say a very passive person because I wanted to fit in and through lockdown I realized I can't behave like this anymore mm. because actually this is hurting me 
And this is not allowing me to what I would call embody my whole self. That passivity was almost keeping me out of my body. So, you know, coming back to pure love, you know, that's always there, but nature isn't passive. It will wipe things clean. You know, that raw, you know, the animal. And sometimes we need to roar almost to recognize ourselves again. So a lot of people, me included, that spiritual kind of, oh, I'll be kind to everyone, I tried it, mm. and you're kind and kind, and in the end you get slapped really hard. Because energetically, as you talked about, there'll be a little weakness from, it could be a belief system that I have. Mm. And nature will come across nature, because that's us as human beings, to push that weakness out for us to be that raw, pure love that we are. And then what happens is you experience a different type of emotion or a different thought process. Um, and that has to be pushed out of the body for us to realign with holding our boundaries, mm -hmm. you know. But holding our boundaries in love, you know, that when you walk into a room, you're, you know, you are who you are. You're simply being, you can't be not that individual. You can't not be Ed. But underneath Ed... A few people watching this wish I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I actually haven't met you. I've really enjoyed being with your energy of who you are because I've always believed in the meeting. I believe there's, um, you know, Jesus talks with two or more gather in my name. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. yeah. It's the meeting of those two energetic fields. Yeah. You know, almost like the spheres come together and in the middle there's this energetic thing going on which we will never be able to put into words, which to me I find in silence. Right, so, yeah, no, and I sort of write as if I was just going to write that off. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm often <laughs> quoted in the same sentence as Jesus. It usually starts with, oh, Jesus, he comes yeah. out. But anyway. Um, so how, okay, so through lockdown, you, mm -hmm. you, you realised, as I think a lot of people did, mm. Um, I certainly did. We were key workers and we were working with some very distressed families. As you can imagine, the longer it went on, the harder it became. And we'd quite wisely uh, prepared lots of our families that work, come to our, our uh, complementary education programme. Done massive files. Donna Lee, as you've met her, had done massive files full of all sorts of stuff, mental health stuff, as well as art stuff, as well as stimulating stuff, knowing that a lot of the families wouldn't have come from bit the, the very overcrowded houses, wouldn't necessarily have access to Wi-Fi, etc., etc. We also got through certain people's generosity computers for everyone, but here's the crack. When you, so we didn't, I didn't have as much time to, and we put on lots of stuff publicly, like our open mic the very next day that the first lockdown went on, and we did all sorts of stuff at film festival online. So it was mm. kind of trying to uh, keep all the community, and thank thankfully we work in the arts and we, we, we make films and stuff. So we were able to do it. And we've got music studio, blah, blah, blah. But we got people to contribute from their homes, from their bedrooms. It was really quite a beautiful thing, actually, the open mic during the lockdowns, because it was a way of assembling a some sort of cohesion in a time where everything appeared to be disparate everything needed need to be seemed to be broken apart 
broken apart was the uh, bank balance of the taxpayer that went to all those incredibly already rich people who somehow managed to get even more money. And also those political people whose partners ended up getting... I'm not mentioning our local MP by this. I'm, no way am I researching it. No way am I mentioning the fact that our local MP's partner apparently, apparently, allegedly, made loads of money on PPI. Don't know if he made it before that. Bizarre how many people sprung up making PPI, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Is it not funny? Is it not bizarre that yeah. so many people said, oh, no, I'll do that. How much are you going to give me? I'm a mate of what's And the companies were actually set up beforehand as well. So that's the sort of research that I did in lockdown because oh, I'm not a money person. In uh, preparation. Yeah, yeah. Think. I mean, I'm not, I'm always love comes first, naively, passively. You know, if somebody needs help, somebody needs help. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's spontaneous. It's like you can't help it. It's a knee-jerk reaction. So I was mystified when suddenly all these rules were being given out, having worked with children in schools, yeah. knowing that that was absolutely abhorrent and, and there was no way that any of that was going to work for anyone, let alone the families. Um, having experienced abuse myself, I, it put me into my last, and I promised myself, my last anxious avoidant for like, okay, shit, how do I work with this now? Because I don't believe anything that's going on here. Yeah. Yet my family, my loved ones, my friends, my community, my country, the world, and, and it was the first time having worked with the kids because I'd been beavering away with my head down, doing the best I could for these kids, trying to formulate something so that I could help support the teachers to get a better outcome for the kids, suddenly I looked up at the world leaders mm. and saw the ADHD, I saw the Asperger's, I saw the emotional dissidence, I saw what I would call, you know, um, you know just the, um, the whole thing, I, you know, I could give them label after label yeah. of the children that I was working with. Yeah. And suddenly, I always used to joke when I used to go into the local school here, which was called St Nick's at the time, that those children would have been better MPs than the MPs I had previously. Yeah. Um, they'd have probably been less malicious. Yeah, totally. And yeah. more inclusive. Yeah. You know, they were fully inclusive of the other children yes. in the room, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and the joy. if something was going on, they would do their very best to make sure that the teachers and staff, within their ability to do it, could make sure that they all stayed together in a group. So for me, yeah, I mean, and then I've had to try and drop that because it made me really angry with my own naivety. So, you know, I believe we all, um, we're all awake to a degree but, you know, some of us are actually avoiding. I don't think I really wanted to see the reality of the world that I lived in. I genuinely believe now that come lockdown, it was like, are you going to really look at what's going on here? You know? But, but lots of people have been seeing it for years. And yeah, years. That, was, that was one of the reasons I set up this organisation sort of 25 years ago. It's a, it's a, as you know, it's a, it's a sustainable development organisation, so it looks at every aspect of sustainable development, sustainability, and of course we have worked with major players with regard to big industrial uh, um, uh, plants and AMEC and a shot and paper mill and people who, who, who utilise uh, natural resources 
at a massive level, uh, PPC uh, conglomerates, etc., etc. And we use the arts and uh, creative ways to get them to come up with more sustainable ways of mm. creating or realizing that actually maybe they couldn't keep creating what they were creating there to change tact mm. for everyone's sake. Mm. And did consultations with various universities, whatever, whatever at Home Office. This is why after uh, this is why I won't let these local politicians, mm. so say politicians, I and mean basically they're. A lot of them are busy bodies that have no real, I don't know, I don't know if they have friends, let alone... Um, you not, just hit the nail on the well, head, Not though, all I of think. them, some of them are great. Yeah, yeah. So remember, if you're offended by this and you're a local councillor, it's probably because you're not very good. Um, so for me, it's like, I'm not going to let them get away with it anymore. In a very peaceful way, it's like, I'm just going to be relentless until they no longer... It, Mm. Be, be, uh, have the audacity actually as it turns out yeah, to, yeah. to interfere with local um, community okay. let alone so um, can I come in because I through lockdown went through this I, I'm feeling like an agitation from, from you so you'll feel like an agitation of what that I, you're agitating me or that the council are that, that feeling of the council that, oh, that, yeah, that agitation no, yeah, and that's okay but as a what you call an empath a sensitive person a lot yeah. of us can feel what other people feel and then we have to bring it back to myself so I know that that's not my feeling but it's actually making my heart race not that I've just had a nice cup of coffee that Lauren's made me as well but um so it's the sugar people so one of the big things they get you hooked on sugar <laughs> it's a gateway drug <laughs> one of the big things yeah. that I wanted to be able to do was come back to some level of neutrality so in in neutrality yeah I'll never be neutral again but not neutral in a passive way, because as I said... I'll never said, be passive again. <laughs> He's really naughty, isn't he? <laughs> I just won't. No, I love it, because I love sort of debating things. It's yeah, how yeah, 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 no, I mean, comes out. God bless you. I mean, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, honestly, it's mm. kind of like, hmm, yes, these people are doing really bad things in our community. Ah, oh, maybe I should just, like a, a few other organisations and people do, I'll keep quiet just so I can get the grants. I'll keep quiet just so it's like... Totally. You'll take the taxpayers' money, you'll allow these people to act in a totally yeah, inappropriate, yeah. Yeah, ineffective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and absolutely abhorrent way, mm. and you yeah, then realise that all the system... Is like, um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. I get very facial expressive as well. Yeah. It? And it's, but it's, this is a really... This is my passion, which we're on now, is that um, I've always seen things very differently, hence wanting to keep quiet, and... Um, even though I went into schools and, and I loved the silence of letting the children um, be still and finding that peace for them, I was also trying to find a really good way to communicate to the teachers. And I worked with some amazing teachers up at St Nicholas's, which is now mm. called Silverwood. And, and yeah. they were really, yeah. really good to try and help me support to bring something through together. And the head there at the time, Katie, we called it Compassionate Education. Because Beautiful. what I didn't want to do was point the finger at anyone. Because what I could see, and I, call, I always called them waves of consciousness. Mm. I sort of saw that the earth can't come back to, to what it should be, you know? I'm not saying we're gonna live in bliss. We've got a lot of work to do before we get back to that. But I think naturally the next generation know what they've got to do. I think the older generation have seen it 
and somehow we need to bring the two back together. So after sort of going through lockdown, I couldn't believe it went on and on and on and on. I, I met this lady who I'd met previously um, called Jacqueline Hobbs, and she talked about embodying more pure love. And I thought that's really interesting because I probably seven or eight years previous to that had sat in someone's office in Chipman thinking, it's about embodiment, it's about embodiment. But every time I tried to explain this to people, it would just go over the top of the head and so I just smack in my little shell. Mm. But lockdown really, really brought it to a point. I'd had all these incredible, what I'd call insights of what was going to happen on the earth. And yet there was no one there to share them with. And so I would keep a lot of it quiet. And I would listen to what everybody else was saying, knowing that that wasn't quite the way we should be doing it, but I didn't know how we should be doing it mm. or what I could do to step into that space. And this beautiful meeting with you guys seems to be igniting some sort of balance. So I started drawing up these plans of opposites to try and help these teachers understand um, what was really happened to them and how we could need to come back into this flow in the middle. But as we're in this flow in the middle, we're actually embodying more and more of ourselves. So genetically, our belief systems, our family patterns, things we've been told, we're actually pushing them out of our body because thoughts are just interference. They're not who we are. They're just bombarded by this world for consumerism to make us do things. So I could see then that this embodiment was really learning how to manage our own mind. So not loads and loads of techniques. If a thought comes in, is that thought yours or is it not yours? It's really simple. And it was like, how does that thought trigger your emotion? And we all have to embody and learn to sort of navigate our emotions, our thoughts, or it could be the overwhelming sensations in the body, which I see with a lot of young kids. They just are on this continual buzz and they don't know any other sensation in their body because it's really scary. Mm. I think the scariest thing in this world is living in this body and I think it's much harder than trying to have a relationship with someone so this relationship with love with ourselves and embodying it to me is where we're going and what I could see was happening in lockdown that actually I could sort of talk about the politicians and I didn't like what was going on but I kept getting this nudge they're another way they're they're patterning comes from money they're patterning comes from wanting to keep up and uphold that family tradition or you know it's interesting because so, so many of them were taken at a young age uh, and, and put into the care of strangers essentially yeah. or however people want to describe boarding schools when you take a child uh, separate it from its family that is yeah. really really not a good idea and what about and, taking and, a parent as Boris away, Johnson will prove you know, you know? same thing but yeah, it's, it's like if you meet someone who's been to boarding school in their I've met a few um, and of course you hear all sorts of stories but but 
just you don't need to hear the stories directly necessarily to understand that any child that has taken from a parent particularly a mother usually uh, will have separation issues as a minimum let alone all the other stuff that goes on mm. with all this dysfunctional stuff that happens when people feel disparate desperate and all the other bits can I just ask you to say what it is you do generally with these young people or your clients just so that people yeah, have better yeah, understanding because I have a, we're talking because you know I know what yeah, it is, yeah. which is not your fault. You're talking yeah. and I'm not conducting a very good interview, which is, which is, which is what I'm like. Um, I'm not good Sometimes at it. Sometimes I like that. Well, because you it, better, it's you better it, enjoy this because it ain't going to change. Off the cuff, and sometimes that's well, spontaneity. Yeah. Tell me some cuffs, Lauren, will you, man? I told you, I, you thought I said a cup of green tea. I said get some cups with some green <laughs> sleeves. Da, 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 da. Say what you do. So my passion is to go into schools to teach stillness, slowing down, relaxation, becoming body aware and being okay to be. How do you do it? So Give it that's really interesting. So You're going to do some workshops back in our shop in Emory Gate? I'd love to. I'd love to could support you, could, people. Yeah, I, I think it would be good if uh, people got to experience what you're talking about i'm very keen on what it is and next week it's some people have watched this and you know people do come and say oh ed i do watch your uh i don't think they know what to describe this with that <laughs> um I'll probably i'll give it a good name I'll yeah <laughs> yeah uh, um so. diatribe normally but it's mm. it's we had the wonderful judy spears trudy judy it's trudy isn't it judy. trudy yeah what am I saying, Judy? See, I got names. You see, you're saying dyslexia. I know you said Delilah, um, who's got the five elements over in Bromham, and it's a lovely little place. And we're going back there on Monday because during the podcast with Trudy, um, we discovered that Lauren here had never had Reiki, and it seemed to be a good uh, opportunity for us to ascertain from someone who'd never had it to be able to, for, for Lauren to hopefully better understand what it is, but to experience it and then to tell us um, what she feels. I think that's great. I call it self-referencing or experiential learning. Experiential learning, I think, is yeah. what we like to call it. And it will be experiential learning yeah. for Lauren Jared Rogers or Ruby, as I like to call her. Ruby Rogers, dancing Ricky in Bromham. Well, Trudy. Don't know what that's about. Anyway, that's happening there. So you're going to do some workshops. Yeah. Watch this space, everyone. So you wanted to know. Yeah, say so tell the people yeah. what it is now. So the people that, because the people other than people in Chippenham and the town council who are being uh, pursued um, uh, watch this diligently go, what's she saying this week? Oh, no, man. Liberal Democrats will never get back into power. I almost, ever. I almost not in Chipman. managed to offer Malcolm Town Council. I was going to do it with them. 
Good. Um, which good. Because I thought some great councillors. I know some great councillors. There's loads of councillors on Chippenham Council that go beyond to make sure to get rid of these Egypts. I would love to do a session with the councillors because we've done it. I've done 100. percent We have worked up and down the country. This is what makes me laugh about these buffoons that I work with here. Some of them. It is. I've got the Home Office. They. They're lucky if they go between the home and the town uh, and the Neil Hall. They are so far removed from what's needed to happen. I knew it all along, but watching them uh, um, hide during the lockdown where we were struggling, it's like, oh, it's appalling. But luckily, everyone is going to know that because we're going to specifically do focuses on each of these individuals because some of them got interviewed when they were trying to get elected before. So we have these interviews, and we've got a lot. We've we've <laughs> gone to the trouble. We've got. I feel like Ronnie Corbett. We've gone to the trouble. Uh, the producer said to me, "He said, why don't we just find out lots of things that they've said since they, they they got elected, and some of the things they've been involved in, and it's not good, and uh, make a profile so we can do it specifically when they're trying to get elected again." And I said, "Brilliant, let's do it." Do you know if I conducted this interview, do you remember Frank Spencer? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a real character. I think maybe I'd be less threatening. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I would be, if I... Why? Well, those naughty councillors, they don't know what they're talking about. I went down there, they're like, a, I didn't even know what they were talking about. They were stopping kids that come from really disadvantaged backgrounds getting the support they need because they, their egos... I don't, know, I don't know if that'll work, but... What about if we came, came in from uh, the angle of who we are rather than who we're <coughs> not? Because that's division. All I see in our world, and lockdown was that, it was a classic example of more divide and conquer. And I come from frequencies. So, um, Reiki, I'll be really interested to hear how Lauren gets on. Yeah. It was a frequency that when I did my course, I recognised it as a similar frequency that was called something else. And I thought, this has the same feeling to me. So for me, I come in from that frequency point. Everything I do is I self-reference within my own body of what's actually going on. So my whole thing was, I don't want to blame anybody. People need to take responsibility. That's exactly it. I'm not blaming. I'm merely pointing out the ineffective way that they have been... But what if we give them something... For them to think about that, I think they getting them sacked, getting them diselected, getting them exposed, <laughs> so that they, so anyone else thinking about, oh, I'm going to do this as a hobby, better not, because it's actually quite a serious role. Oh, I'm going to pretend to be interested or care. No, you do. You, but when you're doing that, you're wasting loads of people's time. The people so close. This is the bit. I think people are just. To me, it's about patterns, and it's about we were talking about the brain and mm. um, hard wires. It becomes safe like me being that passive person who really didn't want to come out. And that's why I did so much research. You know, I was dyslexic and then I wasn't dyslexic. And then I had a nervous breakdown because my brain couldn't take on, you know, I'd gone from one extreme. To, yeah. And because I was trying to sort the problem out. But, you know, the conclusion that I've come to is all I had to do was basically, you know, instead of we sort of talk about people, don't, I mean, automatically our little finger comes out, doesn't it? When you curl that last finger in, you get a thumb up, and it's like that's owning your own shit. Mm. You know, and for me, even that passivity, I had to own that passivity. I had to yeah. own my own emotions, I yeah. had to own 
my thoughts. Uh, but I needed this lady, Jacqueline Hobbs, because she gave me some certain tips and, and they were enough for me to go, neither accept it, reject it, mm. own it own it how are you feeling so that's why I teach stillness coming back to what I do yeah how do you do it though so when I went so this was a big recognition when I was 40 I went to the special yoga center in London to work with the kids because I'd done yoga since I was 19 and it somehow had a really good effect on me loved any sport any form of physicality um but when I went to the special yoga center suddenly I realized I was a reverse breather so most people breathe in Tummy goes out. Good sign that your body is naturally finding its pace. Where I would breathe in, tummy would go in. So almost where you get breath graspers, and breath holders. So my whole respiratory system was working the opposite way to what was natural. So that was quite a big shock for me. So I wanted to work with these kids and was, because I've got a gymnastic background as well. And I was watching and observing them. And as I went through all this body movement, and I watched it through gymnastics, you know, where they twist these kids years ago, and none of them were using the breath. And anyway, long story short, I went on this course, and I came away, and I thought, I've got to do something different to the way they were doing it. And I started researching, as we do, and I found this book on the healing sound of the human voice. Um, and more, go to me another one. No, three, three people are there, just, <laughs> just had seizures, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but that's exactly what I do. So what I started doing was I realised that I was using some yoga, we call them the Bijam seed sounds, and I started using those, lam, ram, yam, and then I thought I can't go into schools and teach that, that's too, too out there. You know, are you religious? No, I'm not religious. Am I this? No, I just want to teach the breath. And I found this book by this American author, um, and it just made sense when I read it. A uh, humming sound, a mm, yeah, vibration is yeah, like, oh, like a motorbike, like a car, mm. like a washing machine. That humming sound, like a bee in nature. Um, it's, it's really cognitive and really soothing. And then he had all these other sounds, which were the vowel sounds. So he had like an E sound or an O or an R for the heart. And I was in St. Nick's at the time. And the more I used it, the more it would be really, really good to take them into, into, into stillness. And then observing the children. So the children have taught me everything. I owe everything to any youngster, teenager, even old people and babies, they have taught me and clarified what was in that book. Mm. Um, but what I then, I just took it on a different step. Coincidentally, the author who wrote the book, James D'Angelo, lives in Shroud in Gloucester. So we then became very, very good friends. Um, and basically, St. Nick's and the lovely different heads, the three different heads that I worked with at different times, they let me stay in there over a long period of time and the staff were just incredible. And we would make these slap sounds, and I learned from that how the children would learn to, yes, to self-reference, but to self-soothe. So in answer to your earlier question, what do I do? The breath, because my breath was totally screwed up. Did I wanna go in and work with these kids and tell them your breath screwed up? You're doing that wrong again? Mm. You know, I didn't wanna go in, from a negative, what I wanted to do was empower them, 
and give them, so some children would use and be much more comfortable with one sound than another sound, and then I could relate them at the time to the chakra points in the body coming from a, a yogic background, and I would observe where the sound was and I could almost work out whether they were out of their bodies, whether they were very grounded, whether they were heart-centered, and then when they'd come into a hum, a H-U-M, it's almost like the brain and the heart was coming into coherence. So it was after a long time, and that's the only place I was starting. So there's no forcing in what I was doing. All I wanted to do was to allow those children with the incredible staff and teaching assistants that I worked with to gradually be okay to live in their body. But what they had is they had the breath wherever they went. And if they made a sound, mm. singing, why do we sing? That's really interesting. We do a similar thing with kiddies that, well, I don't know about everyone else, but um, I would like, I like to work on songs when it's applicable to certain individuals, whether we work with adults or young people, for them to write their own, of course. It's their own story and they own it, and it's the whole thing about Mm -hmm. this. Mm. It's about everyone taking, being empowered to be able (coughs) to have their own media, have their own way of communicating, sharing it. (laughs) not being at the mercy of these multinationals whether they be yeah, big pharma yeah. whether they be all these other that run the country you know forget you know, we talk about politics and, and, and they love the fact that that people talk about politics as if it's real mm-hmm. it's not these are just representatives who represent big plans and ideas and the financial wishes of major industries um like pharmaceuticals like the food industry, like yeah. the sugar industry. Yeah. Sugar people, sugar. I just it's did a gateway a drug. It's a gateway drug. See, I don't come from that. You either accept it or reject it. Or don't what eat we, it. What we don't realise is the, the power of what we actually have. And that's why I want to give that. When you own your own sugar, you actually begin to, <laughs> yeah. you begin to embody through your spiritual body first then your mind body so that thought process can be so overwhelming that's why i had a nervous breakdown is that my thought is that somebody else's thought and of course we're bombarded by technology Hmm. and if you're not supported in a positive way you've got no reference point to start from so as you come down it's a different frequency and density so the body is the last place that's going to heal so you have to empower yourself by knowing it's not your thoughts knowing that all thoughts are interference unless you, you choose action them. action triggers thoughts though if you if if for instance if you started changing and diet's a really good one if you start, and we talked br- briefly earlier on about fasting and all that sort of good stuff, and that's something I think people should definitely look into. Um, and about taking back control, because we've been seduced into the idea of eating sugar all the time. It's It's been a major industry, the whole slave industry, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, lots of the industries were formed, lots of the wealthy old families have got wealth, including the royal family, I think, have got uh, wealth that derives the Church of England derives from the slave industry. I mean, you couldn't be more uh, further from the from the uh, idea of what you purport to be yeah. than to have invested in and, and armaments companies, etc., etc. However, a... sugar, yeah. without any doubt, I've been saying it for years, I've been at drug meetings and all sorts mm. of things and said, it is a gateway drug to heroin. That's how bad it is. 
Yeah, so, any drug, any... Uh, any sugar, I'm just mm, talking about sugar. Okay. Sugar, as a child, is the first thing we introduce, look up. We look, if, if you look at what happens to a child with all the different, uh, and how, how, uh, how, and carbohydrates obviously, but they're different sort of sugar, but the point is that if the whole world is glucose, if the, if the whole, if all the plants and all the trees and everything else, there's, we have, we have enough Food natural reserves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but we, we refine it, we, we put it in everything to make it more, more, wow, we've, this is a beautiful, big, round, twirly twirly curly whirly don't eat them uh, I used to eat a lot of them as you can tell I love them too yeah me too <laughs> but that's the distraction those, the, yeah, all of those things are the fantastic the Mars family totally but here's the <laughs> thing all of those things were just another delivery method yeah mm-hmm. for giving us the drug that we all equally have been brought but up again, on but again it's an addiction isn't it it's an identity that slipped in you talk about the belief yeah. systems that's one of them yep. the belief that, that that breakfast is the most important meal of the day well it is if it's not made of sugar have you ever seen an American stat we took where is it I don't know if you can see this up here look there you go look group stages journey across cultural divide 17 young people from Wiltshire, um, a social worker from the county council some foster, foster parents some other parents took them to Native American Reservations, oh, right? And, right. Yeah. And we when we and we stayed in this. Um, yeah. uh, they stayed. The kids stayed on a, a reservation. We stayed in this motel, and when we looked at the breakfast, every single thing mm-hmm. in the breakfast, bar the coffee, which you, they added sugar to, was donuts. It was mm-hmm. all these amazingly sickness. Like wow, this whole country mm-hmm. is run on really, really. Be- because you become it is an addiction you mm. become dependent on it. you it's don't realize it you have all these different glucose spikes etc yeah. etc it's, it's embedded yeah. it's the all the breakfast cereals that that purport to be, do it's like no these are you know there is but there there is there is dangerous as cigarettes it's taking healthy control and we don't if we were to educate not just the children because to me the education is more the middle of the road it's the adults we need to educate i believe the younger generation actually know what they're doing but they want to fit in with their parents they want to fit in with their peer they want to belong to something we all want to belong to a tribe and you know it is um with the algorithms that are set on phones and computers let alone the masks that went up in lockdown there was a horrendous yeah. amount of masks that's that interesting that's really interesting um, so to me um it's it can be if we are not or haven't had in our education system an education about who we are and how to self-control mm. take i mean that's what i teach the kids so at different ages i teach them healthy control is that your thought you're repeating that word to me is that your word oh no you've just heard that word from somebody else if we were to teach that and the schools that i've gone into have been absolutely brilliant then the bigger we do it the stillness is the most powerful thing yeah. But yeah. you have to be, ah, it's a thought. You have to give those kids that time to recognise the thoughts. But unless the staff, the councils are on board, I'm sure they want a better future for their grandchildren, whatever they've done. You know, or even Boris, he's got children now, I believe. Yeah, you but know, because he didn't have a good template, I believe, my, mm-hmm. my theory on this, and it's not much of a theory, but it's possibly true, um, which makes it beyond a theory, uh, the fact is that he thinks he's got all sorts of, uh, you know, in, 
bless him, and I mm-hmm. feel really sorry for him actually. I, I, in truth, I wouldn't swap with him. No, no, no. My hair. in lockdown, I just thought, oh my god, would I want to be a politician now? No, no, man, no, don't worry, he was fine. You know, the only <laughs> way I was like, going to believe that thing was real is if he died and he didn't die. It's like, yeah. right, this isn't as what they say it is. Anyway, beyond all those mm. other conspiracies, so say conspiracies, whatever. The reality of this is, if you send your kids away, the, the underlying message they're going to get, whether you like it or not, whether they tell you these words is, you don't have time for them. You do not, in some, you think it's, it's more important for you to follow a career and most of the careers, and his dad couldn't have done anything of any great import because we'd have known about him. He talks about uh, um, uh, uh, population control a lot. Mm. Well, his dad did. He wrote a book as well, didn't he, he on did. a virus? Absolutely. Isn't that bizarre? Mm. Everyone, have a look at that. Stanley Johnson, yeah. I hope you are That was happy. some of the research that I did. I well, there you go. I were, so, so I'm saying, uh, well, sorry, and also going back to the idea mm-hmm. about writing songs, when the young people, if they can't write songs or they're not at the point they want to write songs, Try and work on cover songs, like you were saying about taking the voice with them. I mm, agree with mm. you. It, you take this; it's the instrument you take everywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, because some people don't have voices, and I mean that that's true. But well, the point the is, children, yeah. yeah, exactly. But the the idea that they will hear these songs, mm. popular songs that we will work on with, and they'll remind them mm, mm. of that support of mm-hmm. it. So it's a very mm. similar in the in the same way certain icons work don't they memoirs of places and things that's where we take them on residentials etc etc um sorry i just thought i'd go back to that because you made a really important point about the vibration about the humming about the idea of the voice and it being sacred their own uh, means of expression and a way to also self-soothe Exactly we that. get the self-soothing thirst, then yeah. we get the self-regulation, then we can yeah. self-reference because our mind's clearer, then we can take yeah. healthy control, then yeah. we're taking healthy management, and yeah. that's what we want for the future for of, any of child. Of course it is, yeah. of course it is, but all the component parts of those things are about access to good, healthy food, and I don't think many people are offered that, the, 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 a lot of the food, that, particularly anything that's processed, is... On, already, it's like the, the idea that we that, that there's almost um, you'll never sell ice creams going that fast, <laughs> right there, Mick. Um, the idea of processed food, the idea that you that that people can actually sell it, loads of it, not all of it, mm. but sell processed food that isn't healthy for us is kind of like what sort of society, community, we've civilization have that. we have? You know, we Who has everybody. though? Uh, you, yeah. don't, you, you think we've fallen into it or we've been directed into it, we've been herded into it? It's like 1984. All of the access to all of the, uh, of like the, the alcohol. Back in the day, you, you, you know, mm. pubs opened for a very mm. short time and whatever, whatever, and off license was the only way you could get alcohol outside of a pub. Now you have to have alcohol wherever you go. The ice cream man probably sells it. It's that accessible. There's a reason for that. That's not freedom of choice. Yeah. That's freedom of exploitation. And to like the uh, like the opiate, like the the religion, being a way to to calm and to control the community and society, etc. Et it's et all belief systems. I was listening to. A chap um, again that I hadn't listened Capitalism. to for a few months. No, the, the oldest religion in the world yeah. is a belief system. Yeah. So if we start recognizing that our beliefs are not us, 
then we're on a line to supporting people to make better choices because it's a healthy choice. A hundred percent. But the but I what, what where I worry, and this is why I, I really have to expose these appalling local politicians, is that they don't get it. That, no, they wouldn't that, that because they it's don't a frequency. Get, yeah, yeah. But they don't get that these families in this town, in this yeah, yeah. lovely town of Chippenham, in this lovely county of Wiltshire, in this lovely country of England. It's based on a debt slave money based system. Of course, but they don't know that. It's not because they're so dumb, it's because they're deliberately not taught it. And for people, and this is part of the reason why we're having this discussion, it's like, how do you access this information? You listen to gobshites like me. And then you go and make your own mind up, because I don't know the answers. Of course I don't. Look at me. But, but I certainly have spent the last 25 years, 27 years setting this thing up to look at all aspects mm. of sustainable development. Diet, access to clean water, to, we talked about that briefly, air, shelter, food, but not just any old shizer. Has to be food that is absolutely going to do the very thing the, to, to fulfill its purpose, to allow our bodies to be in harmony with nature, because food comes from nature. We are part of nature, not apart from nature. We have to help people Quirtly. be comfortable in their own skin. Because the only reason we don't make good choices is because the body is vibrating so much or the mind is flicking so many places that there's an external world, you know, of all the algorithms, all the imagery, all the senses, and then there's the internal world of the mind, body, emotion, and spirit. And in the middle of that is pure love, like we call it quadrality, the cross, right? The midpoint of that. And what we're all learning to do is to take that healthy control back of ourselves. That's how I, right. so that's where I come to. So my learning in lockdown, it was like uh, frustration like you had. And I sort of progressed on from that. It's not that I'm not frustrated. I've sort of moved on in a way like, you know, we're a frequency. You and I are now creating a different ripple here with Lauren in Chippenham today. We are anchored to the earth. That's what quadrality is. These old systems weren't anchored into the earth. They were anchored into a system that was based on money and greed and, dare I say, all the horrific evil that does and has gone on in our planet for history. Mm-hmm. Um, dare so, you say, say, yeah. say, say it loud, say it loud. Well, it's, we've got the latest film in the cinema coming up, haven't we? Child trafficking, you know, and what goes behind mm. all of that. You know, that's a big, big, big subject. Mm. But again, it was another thing. that It was like shit in lockdown. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the the nasty side of the truth and then there's the positive side of what you're doing here in Chippenham as well do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. from can do yeah. so for me we are the biggest atomic bomb that any politician that any council could fear because when we align and when we really are in control mm. of what's happening on the inside of us but also aware of the marketing the algorithms that pour into our body um, and that's what lockdown was you know that that COVID, I never believed in COVID, you know, it was to me, it was much more of um, a a fear based thing, the corona of our being, should we talk about this incredible aura called the corona, Mm. that when it's whole and works in alignment with the universe, because our first relationship is with the universe, Mm. and it used to frustrate Yeah, but nobody, well, say nobody, so many people don't know that, so to get them in, to get people realigned or to get them balanced or what have you, I'm going to suggest that we're going to have you go in, do some workshops and people can 
talk to you directly I think that would be a really good idea because obviously I'm not very good at interviewing people because I've got too much going on man <laughs> you'll say one thing I'll say another <laughs> going back to the atomic bomb thing I don't want councils I've, I've given my time freely to councils uh, to the Home Office to a variety of uh, ministers um, and always will do because I appreciate that in every walk of life there are people who are in it for the right reasons teaching or whatever and some who are just doing it because they can't think of anything to do with their degree. There are some councillors in this in this town who actively encourage me to expose and tell me all sorts of stuff about how appalling the, the other councillors act. And it's not because they're party aligned, because they're not. It's because they too have gone, wow, this is incredible. This is how our community's been running for all these years. I don't want anyone to fear. I want them to embrace because absolutely that's what like like because i work in the community and society and have done all up and down this country mm. i'm actually probably better placed than a lot of people mm. to understand what's going wrong mm. in our society mm. and the best ways to fix it that there are people that are actively trying to stop us who are elected but they can't stop us because no 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 I, I know that what i'm saying is that they are actively trying to stop us not that they're stopping us they ain't never that's the us. old pyramid structure and it's, i saw this beautiful yeah. analogy in lockdown of um made of sugar cubes and basically they gateway drug pulled, people. yeah <laughs> where they pulled this and um, solution blue solution in and what's happening is it's toppling basically the old systems have gone and it's basically yeah. it, it's dissolving yeah and basically we only needed one percent and I, for some reason i always knew that we only needed one percent and again everything works on these polarities of opposite whatever had gone on at the top of this pyramid there was then one percent of people born onto this earth what you might call the aliens that they look for who were going to bring it all back and change the alignment of power so that everybody embodies the true spirit of who they really are. I'd rather it was just like this, though. We've got some time. I'd rather it was all level and it was all circular and everyone did their best for each other because... That's where know, it's heading. Well, I, you know, in lots of my experiences in this town, in, in, in the place I've worked, I've come across amazing, inspirational people. And I've been in awe of them, you know. Mm. Um, so... For me, it's kind of like, right, oh, okay, this, this pattern replicates itself in each thing. This is why I often say people need to do this, 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 whatever we're talk talking about, explore, um, look at how your money's been spent, how our money has been spent. Love it when they say the government, government is, the fact we've got, yeah, we've got an unelected, you yeah. know, Egypt, um, Itchy Bullsack, as I like to call him, at the top there absolute disgrace that we have a system that allows that Liz Trust destroyed people's lives it's people that killed themselves because of what Liz Trust did because they she made she made the um, I would imagine um, that they became that the, the idea of being able to maintain their standard of living and or just cover their bills was absolutely destroyed by by the very fact, it's like you don't need money and shares to live, do you? You need food, you need water. So obviously the system doesn't work. It's like, is everyone fed? No, then the system doesn't work. But then the system won't work until we realise who we are and that actually... I'm Frank Spencer. I say... <laughs> you did a really good impression. <laughs> thank you. Who cares at this stage? What I'm going to do is... She is a lovely woman. 
we will put up um, an advertisement when you're going to be in our shop so people can come and meet you and they can ask you themselves and you can talk to them and maybe you can describe or you can you can do a session or whatever but I think it's vitally important like you on Monday with Trudy it's important I am um, yeah I know people can say but Ed you're so good looking thank you all thank you <laughs> that's my burden and I'm carrying it um, masked with my fat to to it's important that everybody you can be stimulated by certain people and it's having lovely having uh, fantastic people come in talk share inspire get people go and check it out but you can check this person out if you come to Chippenham when we put up this advertisement we've got the Unlock Reset Festival which was a response to the lockdown Unlock Reset Festival in Chippenham at Moncton Park on the 26th and 27th of August I want to say a big thank you to Wendy and Pete Claridge and everyone that supports them at the Pitching Pub. All the acts that are going to be there. Check it out in the newspaper, Gazette and Herald and online and see all those things. Uh, you should come, it's going to be great. Mm. But in the meantime, I want to say thank you to you. Thank and you, you're dead right we could come up. We'll come back to this. We'll have another in I, a while. I love debates like this. It's great. Yeah, yes, yeah, man. This is going to be What I'm saying is this. People can, we'll set it up so people can actually talk to you themselves mm. and you can ruminate happy. with them. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Appreciate thank that. You, thank you. And thank you, Lauren. Very beautiful hands. That's very warm and, <laughs> and uh, reassuring. Lauren, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to say a big thank you to Melanie C, who is about to sing this wonderful song. <laughs> Over to you, Mel. <laughs> Spinning at a thousand. <laughs>